we were going to have to invest in ourselves or in our business, hopeful that we might get a return at some point. Yeah. And we got our big break. We did. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Do you wait for the right conditions to chase opportunity? This is Dale and Brian Carmi. Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. So when we wrapped up last time, we had talked about our um, Christmas vacation back in Ohio, which turned into an install down in Florida. And we, it turned into losing or firing our lost, team back in Albuquerque. Team. Yeah, when we fired them remotely from Ohio, not a good plan, as we would later find out. <laughs> so um, we, we're, we're back in New Mexico. It's January. We are, uh, you know, a year prior was you out in Tucson doing the home yep. show, just starting to figure this thing out. And now in spite of um, having to fire basically our whole install team <clears throat> from Ohio. We only we, fired the labor. We didn't fire the overhead. No, <laughs> we fired the cheap end yeah. of, the, <laughs> of the mix. But uh, in, in spite of that, we were moving. Business was good. We finished up that first year, and, and I don't know exact numbers, Bri, but <clears throat> I think revenue we were between probably four and five hundred thousand dollars. Yep, for the first year in business uh, back in two thousand two, that was pretty good, and we were um, excited about what was coming in two thousand and four. We thought <clears throat> we're we're hitting our stride. Yeah, we're, you said first year two thousand two, the first you're right, the end first, of two thousand two, two thousand three was the yep. Um, but so we, we feel like we're hitting our stride, like things are going and, and we're excited because we know, yes, it's January, but February and March are coming. That's when things pick up. So January itself was slow, but we had been, um, this was kind of a continual thing for us over the previous year. We had been chasing AstroTurf looking for an opportunity to install fields, right? That's right. And it, look, we were, we were football guys. You know, we loved fields. It was a I mean, field. We still are football guys. People stop <laughs> just, us on the street and ask. Yeah, we're now couch football guys. <laughs> Do you watch football? That's what they ask us. Um, but it was a field that got us interested in, in artificial turf in the first place through Mount Union. And then when we moved out to Albuquerque, one of the first installs we saw were the, the Wilson and Milne fields that were uh, installed for mm-hmm. Albuquerque public school system. And we just had this question, like, how do you? How's a field work? How do they secure the edges? How do they um, cut in the logos, the numbers? How do they make all this work? And then I do remember the field. It was that little baseball field was installed in the Northeast Heights. That was installed after we had started there by AstroTurf. Okay. Yeah. And we went and looked at that. It was just the infield and the turf like disappeared into the, the soil and then went into the outfield. We're like, how do they do this? And we wanted to know. So what did we do? Well, we called AstroTurf. Uh, there was actually a sales rep uh, for SRI Sports, Arnold, who was Arnold. in the, uh-huh. yeah. Arnold was in the uh, New Mexico region, and we just asked. We said, "Yeah, Arnold, if there are ever any fields like 
we want to be a part of it. If we have to drive somewhere, if we have to fly somewhere, you don't need to pay us. Just let us be a part of it. Let us go on the install. Let us learn. And and we were in a situation where, again, we're, I don't want to say starting over, but we were rebuilding our crew. You know, winter is always a slow season for us in Albuquerque. So we, but we were still reaching out saying, hey, if there's any opportunity where we can go learn, we're willing to invest in ourselves. We're willing to to take that expense of time and money just to learn. Yeah. And, and that wasn't a one-time ask. We didn't no. call say that once. This it was, was continual. Yep. We would call Arnold. It's Arnold, right? Yep. And we would ask him. Um, sometimes he'd direct us to somebody at the corporate office. We'd reach out to them via email or via phone call. And, and again, like you said, <clears throat> we weren't looking at a chance to make money. Nope. We weren't looking at working for a pay for any type of hourly pay or salary. We wanted to go work for free so we could learn more about turf, more about fields, just more about this process that was foreign to us. Yeah, we were we were seeking opportunity, but the opportunity we were looking for there was was an opportunity money, opportunity job. It was opportunity to just get better and learn. And and with the thought that maybe someday if we learned it, we could do it. Right. I mean, I think the sure. hope was at some point we could eventually do one. But it wasn't just the fields. We were also looking at, you know, other areas. And we had had some contact. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was something in El Paso that, uh, which was about three hours from Albuquerque, just uh, south across the border in, into Texas. And we we had an opportunity there. So we, we went down, and I think we might have done a small install or met some people down there. I, I don't think we did an install that trip. But I think we went down and did a couple – um, sales calls sales calls, because okay. we were, uh, let's face it, what, 15, 16 months in, we're in Albuquerque, we're in Tucson, we're in Orlando. We, we were on world domination. We yeah. were headed to El Paso. El Paso. We said, let's, let's roll El Paso into this. So we went down to see the area. We had had some calls from there. Um, I think we set up a couple sales calls and we we're just kind of going down and getting familiar with, Hey, um, can we do this? Does this make sense to, to keep reaching out? And you know, at the time for us and what we knew and understood, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't we? And we ended up finding out they had a, they had a home show going on in El Paso. And we had had such good success with that as an intro into a market in Tucson. And we saw the benefit of that in Albuquerque. So we were, we were excited about this opportunity to, to be a part of a home show there in El Paso. I think it was coming up in February. Yep. It was. And, um, as we were talking to the people, so I'm going to pause for a second, but, but you asked the question, do, do you wait for the right conditions to chase opportunity? And, and I, I know human nature is yes. Sometimes you just want to sit there and wait. And when things line up and everything looks good, say, okay, the time is right. Let's go do this. But we were in a position then, we didn't have the luxury yeah. of doing that. And, and I think a lot of times in life, that might be our nature to want to wait till everything lines up and everything looks good. But life life doesn't always work that way. And no, there's it doesn't. something good and there's something worthwhile and there's something that that you think you know valuable of the investment of time and effort to do. Wait. We had to go try and create. And that's what we were doing with AstroTurf, right? We were trying to create an opportunity to learn. That's what we were doing with this home show. We're trying to create an opportunity to to gain access into new markets. So as we were talking to the, and and I'm trying to remember names and I'm not going to get it, but the people affiliated with the home show, they brought up this idea, hey, because we were wanting to buy booth space, 
Well, they were actually building a home yes. inside. That, so, that blew our minds. So the center attraction of this show in this big convention hall was a home that was being built indoor. Yeah. I think it was a builder's association. And they said, hey, do you guys want to put the turf around the home? We're like, well, I mean, how much turf? And, and it was something around 1,500 to yeah, 2,000 square feet of turf. This for, is, for us, that was a that's huge a lot investment. of turf, especially at that point in time. And, you know, they said, look, if you do that, People are going to be able to see your turf. They're going to see it in an environment like the home. We can have signage there that says, come see us at booth, Yep. you know, number one, two, three. And then that would direct people to our booth. And we're, we're like, hey, you know, if we're going to do this. Let's do it. Let's really do it. So we said, okay, you know, sign us up. We'll, we'll do, we'll put the turf in around the home. Um, you know, let's roll. Let's, let's kick off El Paso. So we just have this, this theme and this process of, like I'd say chasing opportunity yeah. of not sitting back and waiting and, and being willing to take a chance. And, and sometimes even when there was no immediate return, those uh, situations weren't, we were opportunity that was going to result in immediate money for us. Both of those were chasing opportunities that were going to cost us to invest in ourselves or in our business, hopeful that we might get a return at some point. Yeah. And we got our big we, break. We did. Both. It's a, so this was um, the middle of January. We got a call from, uh, I don't know if it was Robert or Michael or, or, Might or have been it Arnold. was Arnold. But somebody from SRI, AstroTurf, Astrolon, somebody called us and, and the question was, hey, would you guys like to do a field? Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. What's the trick? Absolutely. I mean, so it, at first, I think our thought was, yeah, can we, can we go help can you guys we go install? Help? Right. And they said, no, I mean, can you guys install a field for us? And we looked around at the crew we didn't have and said, yes, yes we can. Without of doubt, course. we could do that. So, um, yeah. So, so let's talk through that a minute. We have, for the last year plus, we had been wanting to go work on an install and see an install. So we had an idea of how they worked. We have never done anything like this. We'd never done a job of this scale. We didn't know how you wrapped the edges, how you did some of the things that were done. We didn't know how you did cut-ins, if there were cut-ins needed. There was a lot of unknown there, problem number one. Problem number two, we we looked around. We had no crew. We had just fired our whole crew. So there's Brian and there's me and Ruben... I think Ruben, we had let go, and then but we knew back, he was he, not one of the ones who were was stealing. And so we brought we Ruben called back. called him and said we would bring him back. You know, if we're sitting here, if we have a scale and we're weighing things on a scale, pros and cons, the cons win the day on that. No, yeah. you, you guys, you can't say uh, yes to this field. There's no way you can do it. How long I don't did we th- think about I, it? I mean, maybe a, a fraction of a second. Yeah, there was no thought. It's like, Yes. yes. We will do it. The answer is yes. So we get off the phone, then you start thinking about, okay. Well, and, and they were going to pay us, right? So we were going to, yeah, the field was already some. sold, and they said, and I don't remember exact numbers, but maybe a buck 25 a foot or something, they I were going to pay us to do was. this install. And it was four infields. So all told, I don't remember. It was 20,000 square feet. It was feet. over 20,000 Well, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. 
So we had this this opportunity, and we're like, we start doing math. We're like, hey, this looks really good. And then they said, oh, wait, we forgot to tell you, you're going to need to like to buy the rubber. Yeah, the the rubber, the glue, mm-hmm. the seam tape, all of these install supplies. Uh, that's your responsibility. It's like, okay, well, we didn't account for that. So, but yes, I mean, the answer is yes. We were going to go somewhere for free. And we're still going to do it. We And we looked at, we could still make money, right? We, we only had one guy. We needed, we thought we needed probably a crew of six to eight. Oh uh, yeah. By the way, you have to buy the glue and the seam tape. So we got to buy the rubber. We got to buy the glue. We got to buy the seam tape. And, and it is a travel project. So you're going to have to pay for yeah, the hotel. Travel. We, we can't cover any travel for you. You guys are going to have to cover that your own. All right. That's okay. Okay. We'll do it. We'll do it. And so where are we going to get our guys? So we looked around and there was the two of us and Ruben. So we had three and we thought we needed probably a crew of six to eight. So we looked around Albuquerque. We had one guy, Steve, the curb guy, Steve, the curb Steve, guy. Uh, for those of you in the love, Southwest, love Steve, the curb guy, you might know about curb guys. Uh, in the East, this isn't really a popular thing because of all the freeze-thaw cycles, but you know, he poured concrete curbs as decorative curbing used to mm-hmm. define edging. And we had worked with him um, to define some areas on some of our landscape projects yep. in Albuquerque. And it's winter, right? So he's, he's not, not pouring installing. Into curbs. So we called Steve and we're like, hey, Steve, we've got an opportunity for you. <laughs> Allow us to help you. <laughs> so we, we talked to Steve. We, we convinced him to come. He'd never installed turf. But we, we figured he could catch on. Yeah. So we he was going to come work with us. And uh, we told him it was probably going to be about a week, maybe a little bit over to come do this install. And he was in. So Steve was in. And then we reached out to Randy yep, and the, the, Tucson. The Tucson contingent. And Randy and his band of merry men came from Tucson. <laughs> and I, I think there, there were he four had three. of them. Yep, there was Randy plus Randy three. Randy plus three. So we had so, eight. Yeah, we're in. So we've got our crew of eight. And we're going to southern New Mexico, and we're thinking, you know, it's go. cold in Albuquerque because we're up in the mountains. But 5, southern 5, 000, New Mexico, 6, foot elevation. I mean, we're down near the Mexico border, not it's, in elevation. It's, it's the Sonoran Desert, right? It's going to be it's hot. It's going to be hot. Everything's good. But we still have to, before we take off, we still have to figure out. How do we get the rubber? How do we get the rubber? How we do we to, get the We have to order it. We have to pay for it. And then we didn't really think this through because we knew about what rubber cost. But we had to ship, ship it. it. Mm-hmm. And then we had to ship the glue. And the glue at that time was a hazardous, classified as a hazardous material. So you, you had to pay. Not special. today's glue. This no, was back in the at day. At the time. So we had to pay uh, pretty high shipping numbers to get it there. Yeah. Well, Ryan, we didn't have any money. No, we did not, Dale. <laughs> Business was moving. The year had finished. It was good. But it was winter. And we always reinvested everything back into the business. We did not have money. So it's like, okay, what do we do? How do we figure this out? So we we enlisted the help of two people. Yeah, we reached out. Uh, so our brother, Ken, um, who we've talked about in a previous episode, he was uh, you know a great sounding board for us, advice. He'd come out and worked on some projects with us. And, and we reached out to Ken and we said, Ken, we have an opportunity here. Here's what we need. <laughs> If we we, we have the opportunity to install a field, but we have a stone cold lead pipe lock guaranteed We're, to make you we, let help us make you a thousand dollars in just a few short weeks. I mean, who could turn that down? I Ken couldn't. Ken could not. So the deal was we needed money to buy the rubber. 
So if Ken would get us $9,000 today, we would gladly return him $10,000 as soon as we're paid. Which which would be like three weeks. Yeah, and this is AstroTurf, right? I mean, it doesn't get any safer than this. You're not betting on us, Ken. And as we told him, we said, you're not betting on us. You're betting You're on betting AstroTurf. AstroTurf. Or you're not backed by us. You're That's backed right. by AstroTurf. <laughs> you were betting on us. But so Ken moved some money, did what he had to do, got $9,000. I think he robbed it from his uh, <laughs> retirement. <401k>. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay. Hey, thank you, Ken. That was really helpful. Three weeks, four weeks, stone cold, lead pipe lock. That money plus He's got a, a cool G sitting in his pocket for doing nothing. Free money. He's using money to make money. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. And we were happy to, to help Ken uh, take advantage of that. So Ken made the, made the moves, got us the money. So we had the money to buy the rubber. But now we got to pay for shipping. Yeah, because we didn't realize how much shipping was going to be. And I think no. it was something like three or $4,000. And we didn't have the money. We didn't have a credit line we could use or anything. So I remembered, I, I don't even remember how I found it out, but my buddy from college, Mike Jarrett, um, he, he runs a company called Jarrett Logistics. Go check them out. Great company. But he was just getting started. I reached out to Mike and was getting a shipping quote. And I'm like, Mike, we don't have the money to pay for the shipping now. But is, you get the product here as soon as the job's done. We, are we get on. paid. We'll get you paid. Again, it's a lock. Get it done. So we use these resources. And and, and we're laughing a little bit. But this is very serious and very real. We, we were very honest and sincere about our desire to your know, need for their help, but also our desire to make them holes. Yeah. And cookies were done and, and every intention to do so. So we, we're lined up. We've now got our makeshift crew. Um, none of us, eight of us, no one had ever been, been on, on any type of field mm-hmm. install before. No one had ever been on uh, an install even close to that size. And probably three of the people had never been on a turf install before, but that's okay. So, so, um, we got our crew. It's like, let's go figure it out. And we load up. Um, Brian, I remember you, Ruben, and I all drove together. I think Steve drove separately and met us down there. And the Tucson crew came off to Deming we go. Yeah. And that, uh, we will pick up the rest of that story next week. <laughs> but man, what a ride that turned out to be. <laughs> but the, I think the key that we wanted to talk about here was just that, again, the opening question Do you wait for the right conditions to chase opportunity? And and even when you're chasing opportunity, what's the opportunity you're chasing? Is the opportunity just the harvest, just the willingness to invest when a guaranteed return is there? Or are you willing to invest in the idea of planting seeds for future potential opportunity that may or may not uh, turn into something? And I think, you know, we we were in a spot where, it would have been easy to say, hey, we're in winter. Let's contract. Let's play it safe. Let's wait for you know a little bit more money in the bank. Wait for a little bit better time. But we looked at it and said, if the opportunity is there, we're going to grab Chase it. it. Grab Chase it, it while we can. And we did. So we invested not just in reaping a harvest, but we invested in planting seeds, whether that was the home show and the potential that that could translate into business or whether it was the, the field. Um, going out and doing this work. Um, and so, you know, Dale, you talk about the law of the harvest, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll probably do a future episode just breaking down the law of the harvest. But when you think about, you know, a, a, a field, you know, use a cornfield, for example, you know, there are some people who are willing to go out and 
Or actually, just willing to eat corn. I, right. I, so if we took a group of people, we could say this large group of people, um, let's assume everybody likes corn. If you're sitting there, you say, hey, the corn that comes out of that field, who wants to eat it? Everybody's going to raise Pretty it. Pretty much everybody. Yep. Say, I'll eat the corn. I'll eat the corn. Everybody wants to eat the corn. But then if we said, okay, um, you can eat the corn, but before you eat it, you've got to go pick it. You've got to go out in the field, you've pick the corn, do the husk it. The hard work. Um, you know, do those things, uh, and then you can eat it. And you, you could even get into, we could have a step before that. Who wants to prepare the corn to be eaten? This is like that right? little red hen story. Well, I was going to get to that. We'll, we'll, Sorry. We'll t- no, I didn't mean we'll, to jump you. We'll, we'll talk about it. And, the, and then we can step back. Hey, who wants to prepare the corn? We can say, who wants to pick the corn? That, and the group keeps getting smaller and smaller. Who wants to plant the seed that's going to turn into the corn that you then harvest and you prepare and eat? Oh, you know, that reward is kind of far away. That's a long time to wait from when I plan it. To, and, and who knows? And I could smaller plan and it, it and it and might it doesn't not even grow. come up. And, and then you can even say, who wants to go out and like take a field that is full of weeds and start turning it, plowing it, getting it ready to be planted? You can work the whole way back. What you find is that group gets smaller and smaller and smaller the further back you go in that process of what does it take to create the corn, the crop. And very few people are willing to pay the price, to make the sacrifice, to invest the time, to put forth the effort, to do the things way back at the beginning to reap what everybody wants at the end. And... um, the, the we, further back you go in that process, the more vision and risk that are required, right? You yes. talk about the field. Some people would see a field and not even see that opportunity. But if you've got the vision to see what it could be, then you say, okay, we, we can do the work of plowing it, tilling it, whatever. And then some people say, I'm willing to plant the seed as long as I get a guaranteed return. Well, you can't. You never know what happens. You plant the seed. Some seeds may not grow. It may not rain. A bird might come and eat the seed. Who knows? But some people are willing to take the risk of planting the seed. And then you've got that hard work of nurturing it. And then the hard work of the harvest. And and the further back that chain you go, the more it requires vision, the more it requires risk, and more the chances you might do something that you'd never get the results from. Yeah. And and so in life, certainly in business, uh, but in life in general, those are the risks you have to evaluate. Those are the risks you have to decide are you going to take. Um, guys, if, if you're if you're a parent, you look at these risks on an ongoing basis. If you're a provider for a family, you see this. If you're part of a team, all these different areas, um, you need to be at some point driven by vision and driven by the desire to have the opportunity later to encourage you to step out and take these risks and do things. And, um, and, and sometimes you don't, right? I mean, we don't all do it. And, it, and it's not saying that every time there's a risk, you should take it. But there are, we live in a world with a lot of risk-averse people, a lot of people looking for reasons not to do something than reasons to do something. Yeah, if we, if we can simplify that down to that, that corn example, one, I would encourage you, or we would encourage you, don't be the people that are just willing to eat the corn. At the very least, be the people that are willing to do the harvest and eat the corn. But we would encourage you, go even further back that chain and be the person willing to plow the field, be the person willing to plant the seeds that might turn into a harvest for you, 
or it might, might turn into it. a harvest for someone else, or it might never grow. But the people that are willing to do that, uh, the rewards are great. And <clears throat> and it's a fun journey. It's a fun to be a part yeah, of. I mean, those become the world changers. So the little red hen. Yeah. I, I have to say, I'm amazed how many people, we talk about this at the office, how yeah. many people don't know that story. So in the audience, I'm, I'm curious to raise your hand, talk about this. It'd be neat. Go out, post something on, on the, um, the show notes or reviews. How would they do social that? media <laughs> tag, uh, hashtag grass without no <laughs> impact without limits. We I'm social so media socially challenged hashtag impact without <laughs> limits. Um, but, but yeah, but, but the story of the red hen, do we want to talk about it? Or do you just want to leave it out there? Find out who knows about it and who doesn't. I say we let it sit. So, Brian, why don't we do this? Uh, we're going to tell the story of the little red hen and include it as a video that you can get if or when you subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, I like that. We have the newsletter, right? So actually, probably we'll put it in the newsletter. So if people subscribe to the newsletter. When that newsletter comes out this next week, there'll be a link to a video of the story of the little red hen. We'll do a, a little video we can share on that. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun story. It's a, it's one that, you know, you may already know, but, uh, it's, it's always fun to hear uncle Dale tell a crazy <laughs> we'll, story. We'll, we'll have some fun with that one. Maybe he'll even dress up like a little red hen. Well, let's not get too carried away. So hopefully this show was, was valuable for you. And it's a, you know, a, a turning point in our story as you'll, you'll hear again next week as we go through what ended up transpiring over the next couple of weeks, uh, from this Deming install. But also, um, you know, we want to encourage you to, to share this. You know, if, if you enjoyed this episode, you know, take a minute to text a friend, send them a link, send them, uh, you know, the, the show information and invite them to be a part of the family. Um, we would really appreciate that. And help us be people of impact. And create people of impact. There you go. This is the Threads Army reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.